welcome back to this third episode of season two of Case Rotation. My name is Box Jetson. And I'm Spanisha Simone Rains Jetson. And we've got a bit of <laughs> topics to talk to you guys about. I hope you can hear in my voice that I feel a lot better than last week. Me too. Uh, I feel very well rested. I went to bed at like <laughs> 11.30 last night. So that was just <laughs> hours before my usual time. Yeah. I feel very pumped, very amped, very mm-hmm. energized. Um, yeah, we got a few things to talk to you guys about today. Um, you know, first, we want to welcome you guys and thank you guys for returning for episode three. Thank um, you for all the feedback. Yeah, I was just about to you know, get in into that, so I'm glad that you mentioned that as well. Um, like, we did get some good reception and feedback about the first couple episodes. Um, you know, it seems like people are excited. It seems like people are, you know, unhappy that they aren't caught up on episodes and stuff. <laughs> so that makes me feel good. Like, you know, we're still getting some good. Like, even though we, we screwed around a bit and um, we took, like, a, a much longer hiatus than was intended... There was no hiatus intended at all, by the way, if I'm being completely transparent. It just kind of happened that way. But, like, we got some good feedback and reactions to, like, our return from the hiatus. So it just further solidifies the need to keep it going. It further, like, solidifies the importance of this and, like, makes us feel like what we're doing with this podcast has purpose. And we're going to look into getting it on Spotify, too. Which is crazy because it's not even something that I kind of realized yeah. that we needed to do. So that's like on me. But shout out to Lolo for for putting that on our on our forefront. Yeah, we're gonna get that to do. done. Because yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it just needs to be everywhere that we can get it. So yeah, thank you for everybody who's listening and like the people who are reaching out and like you know letting us know that. You're listening. Yeah, let us know that you're here, man. Let Thanks. us know. Uh, we hope that that interaction will continue and keep up going forward. Um, if you guys have any particular content that you would like us to discuss, again, we're open yeah. to suggestions. If you guys, we would have, love that actually. Yeah, we would love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you guys have some topics that you know you would like us to stay away from, um, you're more than well, welcome to provide that opinion as well. But I can't promise. I was that. gonna say if you, th- you can keep that. <laughs> but if you, if there's something in particular that you would like to hear us talk about, or you want to share your opinion, which Malcolm already does. Yeah. But if you want to share your opinion about something that we've said, we would oh, shout out to Malcolm. I don't think we done a shout out to Malcolm. Not all season. season. Yeah. So shout here you go. Malcolm. Shout out to Malcolm. Malcolm J. White. Um, but yeah, you're more than welcome to share your opinion with us. And yeah. And if you have some controversial opinions, share those with, with Mr. I Hate Slavery himself at E-H <laughs> underscore K E E S. That's pronounced like like the Spanish word for, I mean, the Spanish equivalent of X. Because this thing is picking up everything. I'm not so much with your little anxiety. I'm not moving. <laughs> That's you with the chair. I can control that. All right, I know. But let's just try to sit still. Did you just call me fat on air? I didn't call you. Oh, my gosh. No, he's moving. I moved one he's centimeter squirming. in the chair. Squeak. He's squirming in the chair. I was having some, some. Are you nervous? I was having some body image. Here? I was having some body image concerns. And, and thank you for Boy, further um, confirming and cementing the idea that I... That you what? I couldn't even finish. Yeah, because it's just the truth. I feel I feel good. I feel like I look good. (laughs) You look great. (laughs) Thank you, baby. Um, You guys are you guys are so unlucky (laughs) that you don't get to look at this view right now. Sometimes I think like, dang, when I wake up in the morning, 
I'll be like, bro, I really feel bad for any, like, <laughs> any person, you know, any of my friends, my male friends, my female friends, my non-binary friends. I feel very terrible that you guys don't have an opportunity to wake up to someone as immaculate as spinach oh every day. Oh, gosh. I um, can't even take that compliment. <laughs> Get you a spinach. My friends that have seen me like wake up, they're probably like, "What is he talking about?" And Kristen and I are like, "Bro, what? Are we talking about the same dance? What?" Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, we are clowning already. Okay, um, five minutes in. But this episode, we're kind of. I guess we should give a warning. Do we do a recap yet? Oh, did we do a recap? Um, what you been up to, Vox? Now nah, let's just keep it going. I got some. I don't really I'm, I'm gonna keep it for my con, for my. Um, yeah, my recap my goes topic. into my topic, or like what I really wanted to discuss here. So I've been really reflecting on like, like I said last week, been reflecting on the core constructs a lot, and uh, reflecting on what I need. Like I've been doing a lot of introspection lately, and I urge everyone to continue to do that. Like it feels yeah. so good. Like it's hard. It's really hard to look at yourself and realize what you don't like. Realize what needs to be changed, and realize like what isn't working like um you know we get into a pattern of doing things for so long and it becomes routine it becomes normal it becomes habitual um that doesn't mean that it's okay so and even through that realizing like as you examine all these quote unquote bad things about yourself that you're still worthy yeah you are still worthy like I think that's hard for people too. Like when you start to dig that hole of like, oh my gosh, like looking at yourself for who you like, all of who you really are, mm-hmm. and then thinking like, oh my gosh, like, but you still deserve, you know, to be loved. Yeah, and you're still worthy. Yeah, and you're still, you know, have value. I think that's the hardest part. Speaking of that worthiness, so I picked up a couple of things. Like I'm really enjoying my program because like I've been like. Well, I'm glad because you know. Yeah, I've been investing way more into it. So, like, like the first couple of semesters, I'm just like, you know, I'm still getting my feet wet. Like, you know, I don't care. Like, um, like I'm here to, you know, in essence, I'm here to get a degree. Like, I'm here for self. I'm here to get a degree and make the black community better. Everything else, I don't care about. Like, that's the mindset that I came in with. Um, but like just from, you know, the experience that I've had over this year and a half, like I've brought in my scope of cares, like so much more like, um, my knowledge and like just the things that I'm taking in is like growing so much. Um, so like one of the, the concepts, you know, speaking of which you were talking about, like you're still worthy. So like you come into this idea of self-worth. You come into this idea of self-esteem and like a lot of people really don't realize that there's a difference between mm-hmm. self-worth and self-esteem. So like when you think of self-worth, like I like to think about that as a sun in the sky, you know. Although there may be cloudy days, there may be some rainy days, there may be some snowy, there may be some hail, sleet, like what have you. Um, but no matter what. The sun is always there. Like, you may not be able to see it. You may not be able to feel its presence. You may not. It may not be as pressing in your life. But the sun is still there. So, like, that is self-worth. Like, you are worthy no matter what. Like, no matter what your yourself does have worth. Um, you may not be able to feel it. You may not be able to see it. It may not be inherent. It may not be something that, like, is in your face right now. But it's there. Um, self-esteem more so is just your ability to 
you see, I'm still kind of like self-esteem and self-efficacy. I kind of like jump back and forth with like, whereas efficacy is more your ability to like your belief in your ability to carry out tasks, your belief in your ability to do things. Self-esteem is just more so like how you feel about yourself. So like that can fleet, like that can go back and forth. Um, but the worth is always there. So just something that I was thinking about, um, you know, realizing the difference between self-esteem and self-worth, realizing that no matter where your esteem lies on the spectrum of low to high, like you are still worthy. You still have that worth that's there. Uh, and then also like something that I heard today that stuck with me, it was in regard to people who present with suicidal ideation or people who are suicidal, you know, we get to the point to where like we want a finite solution. Like death is the end. Like I gotta, I gotta take my own life in order to make, things better like there's no there's no other outcome that I can see as beneficial except for taking my life um so what one thing I heard was like you know life is like a roller coaster like you get on a roller coaster you may not enjoy it you may like it may have too many thrills for you it may be more than what you expected um but at the end of the day like you can still elect to go another route so like yeah I don't want to be on the teacup ride like it gets me nausea it makes me dizzy it makes me you know, whatever, whatever. So I don't want it here. Like, let me take myself and go to another ride. And when that was, when that was used as an analogy for people who present with suicidal ideation, it was more so like, yeah, like, why do I have to take my own life in order for things to get better? Like, why can't I just uproot and go to another ride? Like, go get rid of everybody that I have here and let me just go hop on a plane to Fiji and like be a bartender there for life. Like, why does, why does death have to be the end? Like, why can't we just uproot and find like other solutions and other ways to deal Um, i mean i think people i agree with you but i think people probably just don't think that that's possible for them Mm -hmm. because they i mean like going to fiji and being a bartender that sounds amazing but also like people have like i don't know like financial problems they feel like they can't get away from that stuff or like Mm -hmm. trauma that they feel like is like constantly on their shoulders and like shaming them. So maybe they feel like no matter where I am, that is gonna travel with me. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be Fiji. Like that was just. I mean, like yeah, but I'm just. You're talking about like just like leaving your surroundings. Yeah. And like moving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, I get that. Like, while you're in the midst of everything, like though that concept can be a little bit cloudy. Like, it's hard to really see things outside of your own situation like because you're so immersed in your situation so it's difficult to look outside of that um but that's why like last week we spoke on the importance of that support of that you know paying attention to the signs of that um like checking on a strong friend aspect like there are people who are dealing with real life issues and when they say things like that allude to you know, harming themselves or taking their lives. Like, whether you know them or not, whether you're a friend or not, like, we should be more in tune with each other and more uh, caring about each other that we see value in, in people's lives, that we are willing to have that conversation with them and let them know, like, you know, there are other options. Um, you know, you're right. Some people don't know that these other options are there. They don't have the capacity to even view these options because of just how deeply mired in their situation that they are. Or when you're, like, in the midst of something, it's like, like you said, it's cloudy. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to see the truth of the situation when you're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, you have emotions, you have, like, the actual situation happening to you, you have 
like spectators. There's so much going on, so it's hard. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's hard because um, I don't know. It's just like hard to see the truth of it. It's so much easier in retrospect to like look back and be like, oh man, like I was so upset about that. It wasn't even that deep. Mm-hmm. Or look, life has moved on. But like when you're in it, it's the biggest problem in the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what I was gonna add to what you said is like. I, I don't know if other people feel this way, but taking, like, people's concerns seriously, mm-hmm. I know a lot of times, like, for me personally, because I can be a drama queen, and I will be the first person to admit that I don't need anyone Second to... Person. You weren't the first. <laughs> I don't need anybody to tell me something that I already know about myself. I don't call you a drama queen. I'm a know. very... I used to be way more dramatic, but I am a very self-aware person and yes I can be a drama queen but there are a lot of times when people will invalidate your feelings about something and say that you're being dramatic Mm -hmm. and I feel like not for me personally because like I'll open up to my close friends and family but to other people if you say that to them like oh you know if someone's like oh yeah like you know I feel like my world's crashing and this and that. And someone says, like, you're being dramatic. It's not that big of a deal. It's like that can really, like, have a negative impact on somebody. And they feel like, okay, well, it's not a big deal. I'm just being dramatic. And, you know, why am I like this? And, like, just putting it all on them when really it's like, hey, this is how you feel no matter what you know people like to say well it could be worse it could be this yeah, it's I don't like, like that. this is what this person's dealing with and if this is hard on you then that's all we need to be focused on mm-hmm. like we don't need to be telling you like it could be worse and it could be this and this and that because this is what it is right. and yes it could be worse but it could be better but it's difficult and i can speak from experience on that like it is so difficult to be <laughs> I don't know, because, like, I'll, you know, I'm a very realistic person. Like, I'm logical. And, like, sometimes... I Sorry, see, guys, I still have a cough. <coughs> and, like, sometimes I see things the way it is, how it is, when it is. And, like, sometimes I'll see, like, just the tree. And, like, I miss the forest. Um, so, like, I realize that about myself. Like, I can be, like, very over-analytical in that aspect and, like, miss out on the broad picture. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, for people who do kind of think like that and do follow that same line of thinking, it's kind of hard to be present with someone who presents, you know, for lack of a better word, because this is the language we're using here, who presents so dramatic. Because, you know, if someone comes to you and they say, like, oh, God, like, you know, whether they, like, I mean, there's a difference between I feel like my world's crashing down and, like, my, my world is crashing, crashing down. Because yeah, your world is not crashing but down. Maybe, like, that's the but reality. maybe to them they feel that they way. They feel that way. And, like, that's where, like, language and stuff becomes important. And, like, you know, providing that type of language for someone can actually be more beneficial than, like, <laughs> it can be more. Are you being shady? <laughs> no, like, seriously, like, if you provide someone with the language and the know-how to discuss something. Like, for example, me <laughs> saying I am sad. I am depressed. Like, if I sat right here and said that to you, <laughs> that's me saying that. Every emotion that comes from being sad, every, you know, thought process, every behavior that comes from being depressed, like, that's me. Like, if you're, I agree with yeah, that. If you're depressed, if anybody else is feeling depressed, they're feeling me. Like, you're I feeling boxed. Like, I am depressed. So, like, that's, it's just, like, such powerful language to say, as opposed to you saying, <laughs> no, I feel depressed. But even so, like, if, things aren't even looking by up saying, right I feel this way, I still, I still can see people saying, like, okay, well, you're feeling dramatic. 
That's like, wrong. You can't tell someone that what they feel is wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. Like, but to say, you know, your world actually is not crashing down. Like, that's a bit different than, like... I'm going to argue with you on that one because I feel like... <laughs> I feel like... Um, we don't live in their world. Like, in this person's own, like, in their world, because we don't know what other, they could, there could be things that they're leaving out, and they just are like, my world is crashing, Mm -hmm. and they tell us one aspect of their world, and it's like, okay, yeah, your world's not crashing, but really, it's like they're dealing with some stuff that they probably are not opening up about, Um, like, any, all types of things, that is a part of their personal world mm-hmm. and it does feel like their world is crashing but keep like keep in mind sure you keep going back to the feel i because i'm <laughs> using the the language yeah but like like for example if like, a client was to tell me whose life is crashing if a client was to tell me that their life was crashing down and like it wasn't a feeling thing i wouldn't jump straight to like no your world's not crashing down like because that is invalidating but it's more difficult when you're comfortable with someone like you guys are friends and mm-hmm. y'all have that history y'all have that rapport like to be like man shut up bro like your world is not crashing down like it's it's not something that you know they're looking to well, I can't speak for everybody but I know if I ever said that to a friend and like it wasn't my intention to make you feel like like you <coughs> like I was invalidating you or that um like, your feelings weren't important. Like, it was more so just me trying to get you to view it from, a, like, a perspective that isn't as immersed in it or as affected by it. Because, I like, I that. can look at it objectively. The person in the situation, it's a lot more difficult to look at it objectively when you are subjected to it. To I can constantly. see that because I've had people say it to me and I'm not be offended. And maybe that's just because I know, like, where it's coming from for them. But I've had people say it to me and it's just like, I know that like you're being offensive. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't like if somebody, if somebody is either, even if someone's like my world's crashing, if someone came to me and say that, said that my first response would not be you're being dramatic. Realistically, it would be, I'd be like, Whoa, what's up? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. That would be my response. I'm, I guess, I guess I misunderstood like your, your position. I thought you meant like, you know, I've told you what was going on. It didn't, wasn't that big of a Like, to you, what I told you wasn't that big of a deal. And then you told me, like, you know your world's not crashing down. Like, it may feel I mean, like that, but yeah, your world's not crashing it, down. Yes, but it's like, come straight that. up and like, yeah, my world is crashing down. And you straight say, no, it's not. Like, that is the epitome of like, shutting down. So, shutting someone down, silencing them, uh, like, invalidating their experience. Because like, you didn't even ask like, what what is the I mean the even after you it? ask and you still if it's not, like even if I were to say my world's okay that's dramatic but like if I was to say my world was crashing and give a response of like something that's going on in my world like to me that really could be the end of like for me it could be the biggest thing in my world the biggest thing I've gone through to somebody else it could just be like seriously like it's not a big deal so it's like I don't know I just don't try to like I try not to make a scale of like okay yeah this is cool to be upset about this is not now there are things that people come to me about that they're upset about and I'm just like in my head like oh, I probably wouldn't be too upset about this but I wouldn't just say that to them like I try to make people feel like their problems Matter. are just as yeah just as important as like my own problems mm-hmm. would be 
So I don't know. I just, I hate that concept. What were we talking about? Being self-aware? Yeah. I think a lot of times people, like, in, you know, regarding that, a lot of times people will, uh, like, the way that you are presenting your emotions right now is making me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily what's being said or, like, how it's being, no, it is kind of how it's being said, but not necessarily, like, the 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 content of the message, but it's, like, the way that the, the message <laughs> is being delivered, the way the message is being delivered, it makes me uncomfortable. So, like, I need you to check that so I can feel comfortable allowing you to vent or whatever. Like, I, don't I don't think know. that was my experience of being called dramatic, but I do feel you. You don't think that was your experience? No. What was your experience? Um, I feel like my experiences were based off of just, like, the people not caring. And it just being something like, like, why are you upset about that? Like, they just really didn't care. That's what I would say. But just so we're clear, like, these aren't... These aren't people that I'm friends with. I was friends with them. No, I'm, um... I don't know where you're going. Just for you. Okay. That's cool. That was awkward. (laughs) Because what I was going to say wasn't going to, like... Be nice? It wasn't going to come out that well. Let me help you. No. I'm interested. I'm so curious now. I'm sure the people listening are curious. Well, because, like, it was going to come across as, like, ignorant. Um, And I just had to check myself. Like... And if you're still interested, I will say it. But, like, okay. The reason why I said it was going to come across as ignorant is because, like, you don't know what is going to set someone over the top. Like, you don't know what straw is going to be the one that breaks the camel's back. So we don't know, like, who is, who is feeling suicidal. Like, because anybody can be suicidal. Like, you see pictures all the time where it's, like, yeah, somebody is just smiling and content and just, like, satisfied with life. And then they're, like, yeah, this photo was taken 16 hours before he took his own life. Or, like, this photo was taken, like, an hour before she she lost the battle with her depression. Or, like, something like that. So, like, you don't know what someone's going through. Um, so, yeah, just be Are you trying to say the people I was talking to were suicidal, potentially? No, like, they... Because they're just douchebags. They were probably just assuming... Like, I'm thinking of it from... Okay, so when I was approaching this, I'm looking at it, like, from a client... I mean, not a client. From, like, a person that you know is, like, down. Like, you know maybe doesn't have a lot of resources, doesn't have, like, adequate coping strategies to deal with their situation. Um, So, like, their output, their... The way that they present is constantly, like, you know, poignant. Um, like, just very, like, like just a below baseline sad kind of output. And they present like that. Like, for someone like that, you know, you don't tell them they're dramatic. But I'm thinking that these people probably believe that they knew you better than what they did. 
And so, like, understanding that you weren't someone who struggled with suicidal ideation. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I've prefaced with that. But I'm like, knowing that you were someone who didn't present with suicidal ideation to their knowledge, which was already very limited, because I know these individuals. Yeah. So, like, they were already limited. Um, To them, they're like, you know, Spanish is never going to do nothing like that. So I can tell her she's dramatic. But to someone who is... And, you know, we don't know what that person looks like because anybody can be suicidal. That's what I was getting at. I no wasn't way. suicidal, to clear it up. Right, you weren't. But they but assumed they that, and they didn't know that. So I was saying the approach that I was looking at it from was like someone who is suicidal. Yeah. Not someone who is just venting about a boy trouble, which yeah. is, I'm 100% sure that's what it was. My life is bigger than boy trouble. What was, what was that about, <laughs> that they called you dramatic about? Anyway, <laughs> okay, boy so. troubles are real troubles, people. I mean, they are real trouble, but boys are stupid. Boys are stupid, and we'll get to that later. Is that all we want to do about self self awareness? Man, just like just look. Um, I I do have a recommendation. Um, I guess I could have saved this for Case Connect, but I won't. Um, a book. It's pretty popular, so I'm sure that a lot of people have read it. But The Power of Now, I'm reading it currently. And it is one of the most, like, transformative books that I've read. Like, it's just amazing. It's really about being present and about, like, the power of your mind and how a lot of times we let our mind control us. And, you know, really, we have the power. So we have to, you know, take back that power and... The process of learning how to do that and uh, learning to be present mm-hmm. all to me goes hand in hand with just like the self awareness and just the introspection and doing all that work. I think that both of those components go hand in hand. And like, even with self awareness, it's not something that you just, you know, you just do for a, a limited amount of time and it's like, okay. You know, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. I know who I am because you're ever changing and yeah. you're developing, and so it's just one of those things. It's like it's a journey. It's a constant. You don't, process. you don't just okay. I've reached it. Awareness, <laughs> like you just. It's a constant journey that you're on. Mm-hmm. So, I just encourage everybody to really take those deep looks inside themselves and like things that you haven't even realized that you've been like hiding or trying to make yourself forget yeah and then try to figure out like where these messages are coming from like you know these messages that we tell ourselves every day um, (coughs) like where are they coming from that negative self-talk yeah like oftentimes you know these messages are coming from somewhere whether it be the environment whether it be from what we learned at school, whether it be from parenthood, family, uh, friends, like there's messages about ourselves that are reinforced by the, you know, well, they were manifested, you know, probably in some arbitrary circumstance. Like, I don't know y'all's life like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know what caused y'all to tick or what like leads to y'all's anxiety or self, uh, like self-esteem concerns. But like, I do realize that like these are, the primary sources of those messages that we receive. Um, like a lot of my messages that I receive about myself is just, you know, me growing up in inner city high school. I mean, me growing up in inner city, um, education wasn't the best. So like, I'm, 
at times I'm questioning myself or like uh, sometimes I struggle with self-efficacy if I'm being transparent like just because of where I came from and like you know my bar was set so low and I passed my bar when I was 18 years old I mean 19 years old excuse me I passed that bar when I was 19 years old so it's like anything else I do now is just a plus like Mm -hmm. so battling with that like I have no more pressure like I don't have like this is all new territory for me so it's like um like, I realized that a lot of the messages that I'm receiving was from, you know, just my education background. Um, some of the things that we were required to do in high school compared to some of the things that my peers were required to do in high school was just, like, a joke. <laughs> so it's like I kind of started, like, in the negative. But I think I'm doing okay. You know, my um, my colleagues and my professors seem to think that I'm... Everybody loves him, but nobody's surprised by that. Um, They often believe in my ability to complete tasks more than I do at times. um, So, yeah, I got published. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm doing the thing. It's just, like, I I realize that I still have those messages in the back of my mind. uh, If I don't do the maintenance, if I don't do the work, then they're going to take over. And I think for me, those messages come a lot from other people. And, like, things that other people have said with me to me. Even things that if I would tell these people, like, oh, my gosh, back in, like, ninth grade, you said this to me. Or you mm-hmm. said this about me. And it's stuck in my head forever. Yeah. Like, things that people don't even think about. They'd probably be like, what? They'd be like, what? Oh, my gosh. But I really meant this. Some people were really douchebags. So, screw you. Mm-hmm. But that's mostly where my negative messages come from. From, mm-hmm. like, people who have said like negative things about me or yeah because then it makes you self-conscious about yeah because i was when you said that i was thinking i'm like all the things that i've thought about myself they did not come from me or like my family i mean even like with my like my body image like i've been called fat so much when i was younger and like you know looking back on pictures and stuff it's like bro i really was not even fat like i wasn't even chubby for real but just like people constantly giving me those messages about myself like they still stick with me today so it's like if i eat something like if I eat a sweet for example or I eat a dessert like I'm automatically like man dang like why did I do that like I'm about to just get right back like to being where I was and um like I'll look in the mirror sometimes and I'll feel like dang like I probably got to get in the gym but then like especially look at my body I'm like oh my god like I can see your six-pack coming in but like I don't see it because my mind is still that 12 year old kid Mm -hmm. with like self-esteem issues um so I can literally see a gut and then she'll count out, like, my form. Like, and it's just, like, the messages are still that loud, you know, even for someone like me who is studying how to minimize those messages and alleviate them. Yeah. So I think it is important to look at those situ- like look at those things that you are trying to, like, not hide, but, you know forget about and kind of really confront them Mm -hmm. I like wrote a list of all this stuff that I like thought about myself or like that I let messages that I would let go like play in my head all day and I would read it I'm like oh my gosh like I wouldn't I would cry if I knew that like people I love 
were thinking this stuff about themselves, like constantly <laughs> just criticizing themselves or like, oh my gosh, like if I make a simple, simple mistake, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that was so stupid. Oh my gosh, you're an idiot. Oh my gosh, like, can you do anything right? Like just stuff like that. And it's just like, ill. like who can live in a space like that where somebody is, you constantly have that voice that's just like telling you like you're nothing. It's and like, it's just like, what? And I was like, I watch a lot of TED Talks and stuff, and like, I read a lot of self help books. And apparently, like, this is a common theme, and like, there's just like this, this voice in your head mm-hmm. that just, you have to, and it's your mind. What it is, is your mind. Mm-hmm. And you really have to learn to be like, okay, no. Yeah. Like, this is not what's going down. Because people are not going to stop saying negative things about you and, like, society's going to continue to perpetuate negative messages towards you. But you have to decide, like, no. You're not going to, like, have me under this spell. Like, you're not going to, you know, constantly have me speaking negatively to myself or about myself. Like, I have to live in this body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't have to... You don't have to deal with me. You don't have to live in this body. Yeah. So whatever you feel about me, it doesn't matter. Those are not the messages that I need in my head. Yeah, yeah, you don't like, and it's not fair that you are burdened with someone else's yeah. insecurity. The pain really of somebody else's exactly like, that they the want, pain of yeah. other people's insecurities, and yeah. they want to put that on you somebody else. Burden. But it's like you can carry I, by I yourself. I like what you said too. How you were like, you know, I talk to myself in these ways that I would never talk to other people. Yeah. So, like, you know, one way to look at that I found helpful is, okay, so you're married to me. Mm-hmm. Imagine if those things that you say to yourself, I say to you all day. Oh my gosh, every I would day. leave you. Right? Like, it, we probably. How long would you think we would last? If you were talking to me like this this whole time, we wouldn't have even gotten married. All right, let's say like <laughs> we got married. I put on a, a persona until we got married. <laughs> yeah, I put on a facade. Got me down in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until I got you down in Memphis, and then. Um, I behaved in the way that you treat yourself. Well, don't say treat, because I no, treat that myself... No, that is how you treat yourself. I treat myself way better than that, though. I mean, if you allow yourself to... Like, no, I'm talking about when I first started this journey uh, of okay. introspection. Okay. I'm not like that to myself. I'm way more gentle. I was about to be shocked. Like, is this still a thing? No, I'm way more gentle with myself. Okay. I'm talking about... Because the last time we talked to them, I had just kind of got started. Ah, uh, okay. So gotcha, I'm saying, gotcha, like, gotcha. where I am now. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not like that anymore. <laughs> Like, whenever I have a negative thought, I check myself right there. Okay. I'll be like, oh my, like, if I even say, like, I don't even really do this anymore, but if if I were to think, like, oh my gosh, you're such an idiot, I'd be like, wait, no, No, like, no, you're not. It's fun to do that. I'll be like, you just made a mistake, girl. It is not that deep. It's really fun to do that. Like, I've found myself doing that a lot, too. Like, I'd be like, even if I'm with people, I don't do it when I'm by myself, Uh but I usually do it when I'm around someone else, and it's usually to make someone else feel more comfortable or, like, more worthy or, like, more, like, efficacious but it's like I'll be like man, I, I didn't do that because I'm an idiot but then like you know I'll correct myself in front of them too you can like, still feel it though like yeah. can you feel it like physically when you when you say something like that like even like I was texting a friend and I was like I was gonna say like I'm awful because mm-hmm. I forgot something I'm like Ugh, that is not no I'm not awful. awful I'm like yeah. oh I said that was awful yeah so I'm like I can't, like, say that type of stuff about myself anymore. Because yeah. it physically makes me feel like, oh, like, what? Like, you're not that. Like, yeah. you just made a mistake, girl. And then I'd be, like, correcting myself in the moment, too. So, like, if, even if it's fr- in front of people, so I'd be like, yeah, I didn't do that because I'm an idiot. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not an idiot. That just was not a smart <laughs> That just was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, 
people notice that and then they're like, oh. Yeah. You know, so they my, see that you talk to yourself that way and then they talk to themselves that yeah, way. Yeah. My so. mind has be, become a more friendly place because I don't, um, I'm not going to say I don't have negative thoughts about myself or like I'm not self-conscious, but I don't live in those places. Like I yeah. don't sit there and think like, oh my gosh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's just like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did this, I felt this and whatever. This was a good conversation. This was. This was more interesting than yeah, I, really, I happened to look where up. we might go. Y'all, all right, so this is something funny. I just like redirected her to the, to the whiteboard because like, we, we've been on here for close to 40 minutes and we haven't touched oh. one topic. And I got class in like a half hour. Well, I really want to move to number three. So could we, maybe we could talk about, I mean, do you want to talk about the Revolt Summit really quick? Um, Just the Revolt Summit. If you haven't watched it, watch Watch it. it. Yeah, I thought it was very, very good. Um, Like, I got an answer to a question that I've been asking for two years now, maybe even three years now. When was America ever great for black people? Candace Owens didn't know. Candace Owens didn't know. (laughs) She didn't come prepared. No, Candace, don't try to jump on my answer. You weren't prepared for that. (laughs) But yeah, um, I just think Killer Mike is phenomenal. Um, Like, yeah, he's a. I think the concept was really cool just to have people who, with different beliefs, Mm -hmm. even though, I mean. You know, some people have very wrong beliefs. Yeah, that's what I, thank you, that's what I was going to say. I think it's cool to make it seem as if, you know, we can come together and have these conversations, but I also don't, I think that more, I don't know if that's going to be wrong to think. Hmm. I just, I think that you shouldn't be able to just go, like the woman who said Katrina, whatever, Pearson, or something like that whatever mm-hmm. she was like Trump didn't do anything for for black people ASAP Rocky's out of jail and whatever whoever else got out of yeah, jail yeah, and it's just Rocky like and, uh, I forgot first off ASAP Rocky getting out of jail was not on my list of black concerns yeah. <laughs> like my black list of concerns is mm-hmm. had nothing to do with him I mean thanks for him mm-hmm. but that was more of like a rich people yeah. issue I had no no dog in that fight. I thought the panel did a good job of addressing that too. Like even Ti was saying, you know, <clears throat> you doing exactly what they want you to do, right? And like you just, he said, if you let somebody talk long enough, they will show you who they are. Absolutely. He's like, you just showed me who you was. You that type of person that they that they thought this would affect. We should be grateful. Yeah. Like I just I was that was just confusing to me because it's just like, like they were like, yeah, when 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 he doesn't do things for. I mean, when he doesn't do things for black people, he's racist. When he does do things for black people, he's pandering. And it's like, you know, getting two people out of jail is not doing anything. That doesn't do anything people. for black people. It doesn't do for those two black yeah, people. Yeah, those two black people. There's, and, <laughs> and they don't have nothing to do with us. Yeah, and the way that the statistics are going, one in three black men are being, <laughs> you know, incarcerated at these vast rates. So he could have at least gotten three out. Yeah. Then we can talk about right, it. Right, right, right. Well, so, I guess he, the, Kim, the Kim Kardashian woman that he got out. So there's our three. But I get that. But then okay. when Candace Owens was talking about, well, the biggest issues with the black community are immigration, uh, what else did she say? Immigration, education, and lack of father figures. Let me go to uh, 
Like, what is this? 1950? I mean, 1970? <laughs> I'm about to actually go to LJ's page because he, he was posting all that. It was just like... like all excerpts from it. And then education, I think, to put that on, like, black people, it's just like, I think that's a national issue that we have, education. I don't know. She just was really, like, unprepared and... For me, it was hard to watch because she just came off as a teenager. She didn't know the answer to some things, and so she would respond to the audience and yeah. would just, like... She she came off as just, like, an angsty teen, and so I could not listen to her. So they were like, what time... T.I. was asking, what time was America great? Like, what is the era that we are speaking on that we would like to replicate? And that's always like, my question to every magazine. Give, let me answer. Yeah. Give me some she time to answer. Back, give me some time to answer, and then when she... And you could tell, because then, like, when he would ask questions, he'd be like, you know, when? Like, when? She's like, when? What? When what? Like you, what? Like You're not letting me answer. You're not letting time. me answer. And then she followed up with, you know, slavery was all over the world. Like, it's not like so it just Slavery was America. all over the world. It wasn't um, not just in America. Yeah, illegal immigration <laughs> is the most dangerous thing for black people. And here's why. And then she went on to say nothing about how illegal immigration <laughs> like affects black education and like all the other things that she spoke of. Like she was just throwing Fathers out very arbitrary uh, tropes. To, for us to latch on, but she mm-hmm. never really explained. She made one point. Yeah. One good point. And then this is what this is what LJ LJ said. Uh, Y'all say some BS, throw some facts in there, and have no relevance, and MFs just eat it up. And I'm like, that is... You know, shout out to LJ. You, you don't know that she really just served as a source for me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will give her her credit for her one point about racism. That, oh my god, that was hard I, to hear. Though. It was hard to hear from her. Yeah, I didn't like hearing it from her, but I definitely will give her the credit because I think it's true. Yeah, she said whenever every four years, the word Democrats racism. come on and get us riled up with the word racism about who's racist and who's you know mm-hmm. who's this who's that, and we do like I agree. Yeah, they throw the word racism out and our ears perk up. It's like oh, who's racist? Who racist? Who, who we riding against? Like it's like yeah, that's our that's our trigger word. And we need to, instead of, like, because I, I don't think that means we need to give racism a pass, but I think we just need to be way more strict about, mm-hmm. like, the people that we support and the people that we give, you know, you know give our support to mm-hmm. and the organizations that we give our support to. So, like, when people do these racist things or say racist remarks, it's like, okay, well, we're going to truthfully, like, boycott these places and, like, mm-hmm. not you know, get mad about it on Twitter and talk about it and make jokes and memes. That stuff is all good. But, like, also making real change behind that so then people really are afraid. Like, oh, shoot. Like, we don't want to be called out as racist because, like, there actually are repercussions to that. Exactly. I think Killer Mike was saying something about, like, going to these people with, like, look, this is these are the black things that we're worried about. Mm -hmm. And if this, if you're not going to do this, then we're not going to support you. We're not going to, yeah, we got to sit our black selves at home. Mm -hmm. And we're going to continue to incorporate these changes that affect our communities um, because nobody else seems to worry about our communities. Yeah, unless it's an election year. it should happen anyway. But I, I think this was a really cool concept. I just wish that the Republicans that they had were more educated because for me, it's hard to sit there and take somebody like Candace Owens seriously with the behavior that she had and the like remarks. I just feel like nothing she said yeah. was really worthy. So if there yeah. were educated black people that were Republican, I mean, but mm-hmm. listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but if there were, or I'm sure, I'm sure that there are. I'm sure that there are more educated black people who are Republican 
More specifically, 45 supporters. Q's, Monique, Jif. <laughs> I would love to see him. <laughs> but seriously, um, well, I'm going to say Republicans, I'm sure. I know that there are. 45 supporters, that's different. But Republicans, like, I'd like to see just, it, it would make the conversation more engaging because it, she reminded me of the character from Dear White People. Who said, who the one who uh, was, like, super popular and controversial. Could and she was talking to, no. She was talking to Sam. It was, like, the first or second season. And she was, like, you know, she was basically doing this to be famous. Like, she was a black. Oh, yeah. uh, Tessa Thompson's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, Candace Owens reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just saying all these things. I'm being the token so I can have this notoriety. I really feel like, deep down... That's how she is. I feel like she actually may believe some of these I mean, that's worse. She just doesn't really do a good job of articulating. Well, then they need to get someone else because she's because just like. She, I mean, I'm not going to lie, bro. She does say, I'm not going to act like everything she says has no substance. Like, she definitely had some substance I agree. to say. But it's just like, it's difficult when. I mean, I, I can see the. I can see why you would be frustrated. Like everybody always has a reaction to what you say, just because you don't agree. I get it. And it's too. like the reason that I'm here is to offer a different perspective. But also, she needs to be better about not responding to that stuff. Because but it's easy to say when everybody agrees with. you. I mean, that's cool. But I'm just saying, like you, like responding to those people. What has it gotten her? But she really was responding to like Ti too. I mean, but there were people in the crowd that were like nodding their shoulders and she's like well what are you nodding your shoulders for like I'm getting to it it's just like just talk like you're the one on the stage with the power and the spotlight so the people in the crowd whatever we think we're gonna go home on Twitter and say whatever we want and you ain't have you don't have to read that but you're on stage hard, with a bro. microphone it's hard man like, well I don't take her seriously and somebody needs, somebody needs to do her hair and I know that's mean that's foul I don't care. You need better content, boo. Okay. You ain't gonna check her. What do you mean on Twitter? Yeah. I'm not gonna argue with her on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> now you're right. I won't do that. Watch the revolt. Some yeah, the watch revolt the revolt talk. Uh, it's like an hour and eighteen minutes. It's a quick watch. Actually, Easy watch. I'm gonna check myself, and I will retract those statements that I made about her hair because that is not cool. I was just going to let it fly. But, but no, it's not cool. So I retract those statements. I apologize. Not like anybody listening cares about her. But if you do... I care about humans. I care about women and humans. Specifically black so, women. <laughs> so I apologize, Miss Candace Owens. And you do have okay points sometimes. I just wish your delivery was a little better so that I wouldn't be so put off by it. So there you go, guys. Checking myself live in front of you. Moving on. Okay. So this is the topic that I wanted to say, uh, give you a trigger warning before we go, because uh, it might be triggering for some of you. So last Thursday, the day that my sister's birthday, the day we dropped the episode, um, on Thursdays, I work with a group at my job. So Thursdays are usually like the best days for me because I get to work with this special needs group and it's amazing. So I look forward to it every week. Um, So on Thursday, I was headed to work and should I go into like the full details of what happened or should I just explain? Whatever you're comfortable with. Um, Okay, so I'll, I'll kind of give, I'll give most of the details. 
Okay, so I was going into work, and when I got out of my car, I usually, like, when I pull into the work parking lot, I usually say, like, a quick prayer, like, you know, like, just let me have a good day, along those lines, things like that. So, I got out the car, and I saw a group of guys, like, near the employee door, so in my head, which is crazy that this happened, but in my head, I'm like, okay, please don't talk to me, please don't talk to me, please don't talk to me. And they did. And they were like, hey, beautiful. Hi, beautiful. All this stuff, whatever. And I'm just like, okay, just be nice. Be quick. Get out of there. So I'm like, hey, hi. Thank you, whatever. So I get to the door. And at my job, we have to, like, ring to get in. So I'm, like, ringing, ringing, ringing. And nobody's coming to the door. I'm, like, looking in. I don't see anybody. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot. There was a staff meeting. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I've got to walk around. So I'm like, like preparing myself mentally because I'm like, I got to walk back by these guys. I know they're going to say more to me. So just walk fast and just hopefully they don't get mad and they don't say anything to me. So I walk out. Immediately, the guy starts talking to me. I don't even know what he says because I'm just like focused on walking and getting out of there. So he's like, I hear whistling and like just like chatter and stuff. And I just like once I turn the corner and get to the front door, I'm like, OK, cool, I'm safe. So when I get to the front door, my coworker, well, I get in and go around and I get in, my coworker's there and she's like, did those guys cat call you? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I was ringing the bell. Nobody heard it. And so apparently the bell at our job wasn't working, ringing to get in. It wasn't working. So um, apparently it had happened to two other girls before I got there and they had already called like a manager and so they called again after the situation happened with me because my coworker told me, she's like, yeah, did you hear what they were saying about you? And I was like, no, I was ignoring them. I was just kind of concerned about getting in. And so she like told me what they said and they had made comments about me and like my body and stuff along those lines, which was really uncomfortable to hear from um, a coworker because I don't know. It just made it super embarrassing. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. But uh, it just yeah. made it really embarrassing. So, but it's like at the same time, like it's not, not it's nothing you did, so it's nothing yeah. you should be ashamed of. Or it was just embarrassing to hear it. Yeah. But um, so they called the the manager again. So someone from because these guys were city employees. So somebody from the city came in, and they, we went to an office, and we were talking, and so. It had to be repeated what they said about me, which was embarrassing again. Um, And then he told us, because it was me and another girl, he told us, like, okay, well, these guys have been terminated and just saying, like, you did the right thing, blah, blah, blah. The guy said that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said that, that we did the right thing. So I just start crying immediately. Like, I'm just crying, like, oh, my gosh, like, these guys got fired. Like, they know who I am they know why they got fired they like my mind just like went just in a spiral and so um yeah I was just crying at work and everybody was coming up to me and like you know you did the right thing and we're so proud of you and blah 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 but for me it was just like oh my gosh like you know and this is gonna sound ignorant but it was like you know, guys catcalled you. Like, they didn't put their hands on you. They didn't, like, assault you physically. Minimizing the abuse. Yeah, so I'm like, this is not something that somebody should lose their job over. Like, I've had guys 
say terrible things to me. So like, why are you deciding now that that this is something somebody should be punished for? Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I just felt awful. Um, but I made it through the day and I got home and I was like really scared to go to work the next day because I'm like, you know, these guys saw me pull up. They know what kind of car I drive. They know where I work. Um, they know what I look like. I'm one of three black people at my job. So they know what I look like. So I'm just like terrified. So the next day I get to work and the power is out. Like, and nobody knows why. The power's not out in other area, like other t- stores or anything or buildings. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh my gosh. So I'm even more terrified. And so for the past few days... I've just kind of been dealing with the reality of the situation and just, like, honestly being scared, um, not knowing what these guys look like, not knowing, like, did they have any... Because they were working on stuff, like, at my job, so it's, like, not knowing if they were the cause of the power outage, Mm -hmm. Um, not knowing if they are resentful because they lost their job and they want to, like, retaliate. Like, just being scared. Just being completely scared. Yeah. And feeling like, uh, just unsafe. I just, I, it went from being a place where I felt, I felt genuinely pretty safe to not feeling safe at all. And I feel like it's unfair because, like, I didn't do anything. I was going to work. You're the one who decided to comment on my body and objectify me and just be gross. And now I'm the one who's living in fear because of, like, your actions and what you did. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, just, like, dealing with the reality of what happened to me. And, like, when I... Because somebody told me they were like, yeah, you were sexually harassed. You were. And I was like... It just made me cry because I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is something that's happened to me all my life. I've never, ever termed, like gave it the name sexually harassed. I'd just be like, okay, well, whatever. I never thought it was a compliment. Listen to what you said at first, though. Yeah. This is something. I know. That I've heard all my life. Yeah. So it's like when you're accustomed to something, when you're used to something, when something becomes, and I'm using my air quotes here because I love air quotes, the norm, then it's difficult to see a problem with that. Like, because you and many women, if not all women. um, I would argue all women. Yeah, all women. Have experienced that. I think just like I'm gonna cry. Oh, I did not want to cry, box. It's fine. No, I don't want to cry. Um, I think that when things are like given a name, and like when somebody tells you, like, okay, you were sexually harassed. It's just so scary because the first thing I thought about was just, like, how it's happened so many times. And my first thought is, even when I got in the door at my job on Thursday, the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, I'm just grateful they didn't get mad. I'm grateful that he didn't, like, come up to me 
I'm grateful that he didn't like touch me or anything. It could have been worse. So I'm just happy to be here. And that's what I told myself. Mm-hmm. And I was okay. And if my coworker would have ne- wouldn't have said anything to me, I would have I wouldn't have said anything. But listen to the, the way you spoke to yourself. Like it could have been worse. I mean, but that's we just had a whole I know dialogue about how that type of language is I not know. okay. Like, but you're, but to me, it was just like it's words. It's but not it's somebody that, physically putting their hands on me or he, you know, they didn't like touch me or do it worse. Words are, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so first off, I saw something on Twitter and Spanish actually retweeted it, but it said, you know. Kristen DM'd it to me. <laughs> Cat calling women is not shooting your shot. So I actually spoke with like some colleagues about it too. And I'm like, you know what? They were, they were women, of course. And you know, I'm asking like, you know, what's your take on it? Um, like, what do you think the like, the meaning behind it is. And, like, it's, like, I was even telling, you know, I hate, I mean, I I guess I don't come across as this, because I share so many of my insecurities with y'all and, like, so many of my shortcomings, so I don't have a problem tooting my horn, like, when it comes to it. But, like, I remember telling her and, like, the women that I was discussing this with was, like, you know, what makes a man do that? Has it ever been successful? (laughs) Like, myself, my friends, like, we've never catcalling in the true sense of the word like we've never catcalled it's like if we wanted to shoot our shot like we was going to go up like whether you were in front of your friends or not like we were going to pull up and shoot the shot um the most i've ever yelled to a woman was a bay in the blue shirt or a bay in the pink shirt like you know what i'm saying but if she didn't turn around and she didn't come like that was it like i probably turned to my homies and be like oh forget her like whatever like, i ain't tripping but i'm not going to tell her like oh that's why you ugly anyway that's why you blah 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 yeah. like say a whole bunch of like aggressive kind of things like so, okay, what I'm saying, what, I, what, I, what I'm ultimately getting at or, like, why I brought that up was, like, you know, speaking to my colleagues and speaking to Spanisha, like, and speaking to other women, they don't feel, from the ones that I've spoke to, they don't feel that it is a shot shooting kind of deal. Like, they don't feel that it's a way to achieve success. And they also don't even feel that it's men trying to accomplish like the goal of getting I don't either you, like, I was gonna say yeah. I don't feel like that's what it is the primary and, and like women you know fellas do we want to hear back from fellas on this? yeah I mean like you know let us know like what you think I would pri- like to know if any guys have ever been successful yeah. in catcalling and have yeah. they ever gotten the girl from that guy let us know if you were <laughs> successful ladies let us know if it was successful um, like what was the aftermath of that uh, what have you, but I don't see it, like, you know, from, from what I've, from the people I've talked to and, like, from the information that I gathered, there seemed to be that general consensus that it's a control thing. It's men just trying to overexert their power mm-hmm. and, you know, just because they can kind of thing. And, like, something that you said that stuck out to me over the week, well, last week when we talked about it was, um, you have so much, like, as a man in a patriarchal society, especially as a black man, like, you have so much And they were black, which was power. another aspect yeah. that was hard. You have so much power in your voice and, like, mm-hmm. your your like your abilities and, you know, your skill set. Like, there's so many things that you could do to push the agenda in a positive way. Instead, you want to add to the negativity and the, the, the detriments of life. Um, like there's so much that you could be doing with your power, but you want to make, and these were Spanish's words, not mine. These were Spanish's (coughs) words. Um, you want to intimidate a little girl. (coughs) Like you take your power and do that when you could really be using that power to help women. So like, and then even in that instance, you know, she felt bad that they were, and I'm, I'm kind of taking over. If you want to jump in at any point, feel free. But I just know that it's like kind of difficult for you to 
talk about. So yeah. I'm, I'm cool with taking the reins. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> I'm cool with taking the reins. <laughs> that was actually dope. Um, Fox, that should have been our wedding hashtag. Or taking the reins. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't take, I didn't, if I was reins, I think I probably would have been. Yeah, but like. But I am, something, I did take the You reins. did take the reins. Actually, yeah, we should have done that. Dang, we that was kind of cool. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll take the reins a little bit on that. Um, so, like, she was upset that they were black men. Um, she got black men fired, especially here in the city. Like, it's... Yeah. It's a, like, you, I mean, y'all, y'all hear the story. Like, they act like they ain't got no sense. And but it's the truth. Like, I told her, like, I wish somebody would try her. It's like, it's, it's, it, we have set this whole city ablaze, like, guaranteed. Like, and I'm going to just leave it at that. Like, this whole city would be flipped upside down. But, um, like, just the way that they are, like, you know, it's a, it's a very poor city. It's a very, um, like, impoverished, low employment rate kind of thing. So, yeah, that can have a negative impact that they lost their jobs. Like, it could definitely bring about, like, some irrational thoughts. But my thing is, oh, and she was also upset that, like, she, from her understanding, only one guy was engaged in a catcalling. Oh, I, I don't know. That was another issue. So, there were three guys... They were asking me, like, do you know who said what? I'm like, I don't think they understood that I'm like, girls, we don't get in these. Well, I will speak for me. Mm-hmm. I don't get in these situations and like, okay, let me look, examine these guys. Let me see what they look like. I don't want anything to do with these guys. I don't want to look too long at them and they think I'm interested. Like, right. I don't want to send any messages that they could think that I'm at all like interested mm-hmm. in this conversation. Right. I keep it short and I keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, do you know if it was all three of them or if it was one of them? And I'm like, I genuinely don't know. So then all three get fired. So then I'm like, okay, well, what if it was one? Like, I should have, like, at least tried. I should have looked up and, like, tried to see who was talking to me. And it's like that puts so much responsibility on me. To not only get out of the situation safe, but make sure I get a good look at who's doing it to me. But don't, like, send the message of being, like... Because if I say too much, then it's like, well, you were talking to them, so you kind of made them believe that, you know, yeah. it was okay. So it's like, it's where do we draw the line? What am I supposed to do if I stay yeah. quiet? Like, it's like there's, I felt like so powerless. And still, even now, I feel really powerless. I feel like it's kind of just one of those situations that everybody, um, it's like, okay, well, it's over. I don't think that that's going to happen. It's like, how many times have people thought something wasn't going to happen and then it escalates? And I feel like it's not fair that I didn't do anything. You know, I don't go outside and, well, before I was married, like, I don't go outside and see guys walking and I'd be yelling at them like, oh, hey, you with the nice arms. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't do Let me see that print. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't, let me see that six pack. I'm like, I don't do that. I'm like, how can you even feel? It shows how much power men have that you can walk around and call out somebody's body part and they be afraid. To say something to you. Because if they say something that is justifiable, like, justifiable, I should, I, those guys, the things that they said about me, it's like, I could have definitely said something back to them. And it's like, you would have been mad. You would have felt like you were right. Whatever you decided to do after that, you would have felt like it was justified because, like, of I, my response I to you. little stupid male ego. And you objectified me to just a part of my body. You yeah. don't even know me. Yeah. And you're calling out parts of my body and like stuff about me and like you don't even know me. It's like you're not gonna do nothing. You're not. First off, it's like saying those things makes you feel good. Like, cause you know you're not gonna do it. 
you know you're not going to Exactly. Like, you know you don't have a chance. Because, bro, any man mm-hmm. that felt like he genuinely had a chance, he's not going to yell from afar. Like, that that shows a lot about how he feels about himself. Like, he doesn't, he's not secure within himself to approach a woman respectably and say, hey. Like, so that, like, catcalling in and of itself is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I know I'm not going to get the girl. So let me express my interest in a way that is consistent with my environment that gets the message across um, and it doesn't make me vulnerable enough to fear rejection. Like, that's how I see it. Like, and it's, it's, you know, I don't cuss, but that's some bitch shit. Like, that in and of itself is very much bitch shit. It is. And, like... I don't, I don't agree with that. Like, when she first texted me, bro, like, my, I didn't even ask her how she felt initially. My first message was, are they still there? Because yeah. I didn't care about nothing but coming up there and, like, Kristen knows what was next. <laughs> I, I didn't care about doing nothing but coming up there and setting it off and returning to my class later on that night. Like, that's all I was worried about. Alibi situation. Like, it was just, like... It's just frustrating that women and girls have to live with that and like like that be our reality like even I was thinking I was like okay I wish like this would have been like it happened at Target like I wish it would have happened at Target or something because it's just like okay like what are the odds that I'll run into them at Target again Yeah. but like I don't really have that many safe places here so it's just like my job so now I have to be scared to go to work or even like, sorry, or Why? even like, Why? I mean, for crying. Why? Because I don't want, I don't like listening to people cry either. I'm not on a podcast. Podcasts they should be fun. They tune podcast and they know that we get deep. I just think like. You don't have to apologize for how you feel. It's like, I have to be at work and I'll share this too. Um, for the past few days. Before I go to sleep, I've, like, had this just imagery in my head of, like... And I know, like, this is... I was going to say probably dramatic. I know this is probably, like, just excessive. But I have. I've had this imagery in my head of, like... I don't know what these guys look like, but, like, some black guy coming to my job and, like, confronting me about it. And, like, getting... Not violent, but, like, leading to violence towards me. And it's, like... It's frustrating because I shouldn't have to be afraid of that stuff. At all. And it's like, it's because you made a choice to objectify me. I didn't do anything. I didn't ask you to, like, comment on me. And I was doing laundry Monday, and I came across the clothes that I was wearing when it happened. And I was like, like, it just made my heart stop. And I remember thinking on Thursday, like, oh, my gosh, I wish I wouldn't have worn this. Like, I wish I just would have had my... It was, like, 100 degrees. I'm like, I wish I would have had my sweater on so, like, that way they couldn't have seen me all the way. And, like... I remember you said that, and that that set me on fire. And it's just, like... Because that's just, again, you know, putting the ball on the survivors. I don't use the word victim, but, like, that's just putting the word on the survivors. I mean, it's putting the stress and the responsibility on the survivor, like... It doesn't matter what you was wearing, bro. Like, you shouldn't be objectified. Yeah. You got a very nice ass. Like, I can say that. <laughs> Thank you. You have a very nice ass. <laughs> but, like, nobody has the right to comment on that. I don't have the right to really comment and on that. And then especially, like, like, to say, and you be told me vulgar. That like, to be vulgar yeah. about it, that's when it's just, like. And the thing that pissed me off, too, because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, she's my wife. 
but she's a whole ass person, like, and she's a great person, and she's a phenomenal person, and she is someone like beyond everything else. Right. Like, I don't care about like a lot of times we get into the concept of like you know this is someone's daughter. How would you feel if someone was talking to your daughter? This is she's not someone's mom yet, but I'll get her there one day. <laughs> she's not someone's like you know this is someone's mother. How would you feel if someone talked to your mother? This is someone's sister, fiance, wife, spouse. Uh, what have you, partner, like, this is that. Imagine somebody talk to your that that way. And it's like, we shouldn't even have to get there. It's like, you don't, I'm, I'm really, I can tell I'm really frustrated because I'm really getting to, like, <laughs> I'm almost cussing a lot more. Um, but you don't, Just like, it's, it shouldn't have to get to that I'm point. I'm a person. Like, yeah, like, this is a person that we are objectifying in a sense that like doesn't even want that for one doesn't want the objectification and two doesn't want the activities that are probably a result of yeah I don't so it's like you're telling like I mean I I really don't get what it does for guys I really don't get what it does for guys I really wish I knew if anybody knows what catcalling does please let me know Um, but if you are in support of it be ready for the smoke that comes as a result it just also gave me more respect also for women who speak out who have been like yeah. assaulted in any way because it's hard i can't imagine like women who have been assaulted further than what happened to me mm-hmm. and like having the nerve to because it's hard i'm like even with the podcast i'm like i don't know if i want to talk about it and it's also just like um i decided that i do because um you know why not like it's something that I do feel like most, if not all women have experienced. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you're not going to change things unless you start having these conversations. And you like, I mean, there might be someone listening who didn't even realize that that was sexual harassment. Yeah. Right. And they probably just went through it today. And they're probably like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So So it's like, no, I'm talking about it. And I mean, yeah, it's hard. And I am still very scared. Yeah. But so I'm putting the pressure, like, it's the same concept of racism for me, too. Like, it's not, the the work is not the brunt of people of color or black people to, to bear and to fix. Like, this is on men. Like, just like, just like it, it's not on black people to fix racism because they didn't create it. It's not on women to fix how they're treated um, or, like, how we perceive them how we interact with them it's on us like and we got to be able to check ourselves we got to be able to check our friends so like what i was ultimately getting at when i brought up the two friends things and like we don't know which one said it was like she was upset because she's like i could have potentially got two innocent guys fired and i'm like no regardless of the fact you got three guilty people fired because if i heard you know malcolm and cam and cam and you know, Anthony and like, you know, our various other friends. I'm sorry. If I left you out, it's not intentional. It's just like, these are the guys that I talk to every single day. Um, so it's like, you know, Dante too. <laughs> like if, um, if somebody, if I were to hear them speaking to a woman in the way that Spanisha described these guys were speaking like, I would have fought them. Like, it wouldn't even have been, like, bro, chill. Like, what are you doing? Like, we would have had to throw hands right then and there because, like, it's just, it's not acceptable. And if we as men are not going to check it at the source, then we're just as guilty and we're just as much of a bitch as the guy who said it. And it's like, and I don't use bitch as synonymous with women, even though, like, society would like us to because I don't believe that, like, those two things are, um, 
I believe those things can be mutually. I can believe those concepts can be mutually exclusive. Like um, to be a bitch speaks more to your behavior, not your biological makeup. <laughs> um, so like. If we are complicit in this sexual harassment, then we are just a, as much of a bitch as the person who was harassing. So it's like, check your guy friends. Like, if you see them making a woman feel uncomfortable, making these remarks, objectifying them. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, the answer to toxic masculinity is not less masculinity. It's better masculinity. You as a man, um, can change Shout out to Cam Change. He tweeted something today that made me think about it. It was like, if you ever want to take an inventory of your toxic masculinity, watch a women's talk show. So that's... Or literally just like talk to a woman. Yeah, or talk to a woman. Uh, Ask a woman... Ask ask a woman and then ask a man. Like, what do you do every day to prevent from being raped? Yeah. And like... That's a great place to start. Yeah. Ask a woman that and ask a man that. And like, just take inventory of the different answers that you get. I don't even think that men even think about that on a daily basis. That's something that I think about every time I leave the house. I think about even how in can the I, house. I think about how can I not make a woman think that she's about to get raped if we're like walking. Because <laughs> you know how like yeah. the streets up are going ours like late late night and dark. And it's like I'll slow down and tie my shoe just so she got some time to get ahead and feel yeah. safer. Like I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people don't. Like we're not protecting our queens, man. And that shit got to stop, bro. So basically, this is just giving me like a whole new appreciation for women who speak out against men in regards to anything, any type of harassment, because it is hard. And I can't imagine like women who do it for like uh, with high profile people and like they know they're going to be scrutinized and called a liar. Yeah, it's tough and it's scary, especially when these people are powerful. I don't really imagine that the guys who did this to me are that powerful, but I do think that they could be angry. And I think that that's sad that women have to consider that and p- potentially not speak out because they're afraid of their lives or some afraid for their lives or afraid something might happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was that was basically everything that I wanted to talk about in regards to that. Thank you for your courage and being willing to take that step and Thank talk you. about it, because I do understand that it's hard. And I, again, um, in the wise words of Will Smith, I apologize on behalf of my gender. Um, that was not cool. Thanks. Um, and I want you to know that I am personally on board with you know any initiative, any programming, any planning that we can do to combat. Yeah, like it made me want to. It definitely sparked a fire in me, so I do want to get involved in some way. I just think, right in this particular moment, I just want to. For some reason, like usually, if something happens to me, I don't want to talk about it too much to too many people. I hold on to it, and eventually, I want to talk about it. But with this, it's just like I want to talk about it. Yeah, and it's like I want to get it out of my system and like talk to people about it. Sound like a blog post. In a vlog. It does. And I, uh... <laughs> but I just want to say thank you to any girl who's ever, like, spoke out against this. Because it does. Because yeah. somebody did tell me this. They said, you speaking out, like, makes it... You help some other woman. Yeah, you do. Because then it's... And I do... I appreciate the women before me who have spoken out or women who tweet about this stuff or, like, are... Any... Anything. Any... 
It's a very curative. Yeah. It's a very curative factor in that it's vulnerable. Like a lot of people have difficulty being vulnerable. You see a woman be vulnerable in this aspect, it makes it easier for like other women to like open up and share that vulnerability as well, especially if it's received well. So I think that when people come with these stories, we need to like receive them yeah. well and like not immediately jump to invalidation or um, it's not that bad mm-hmm. or um, what else do we do? What, what were you wearing? <laughs> like I don't think we need to jump to that. Like it, uh, like let's just be present with our women. Man. We can do yeah. this. And then and if you're, this made me jump back. Like, it's re-sparked my feminine. I mean, I apologize to my fans. <laughs> I, was on a, <laughs> I was on a feminism wave. Man, I was really on it. But then, like, the summer, I took that counseling LGBTQ populations course, and I just became, like, a mega LGBTQ. Well, I've always been an LGBTQ ally, but, like, I'm on a mega LGBTQ ally wave. So I kind of, like, my feminism wave took a backseat to that. Yeah. I'm about to find a way to re incorporate all of them while still staying true to the black community because this definitely sparked a fire me and i want to get involved in um some more ways and i'm probably going to go to see a counselor as well Mm -hmm. um but yeah i just wanted to use case today as kind of like a therapeutic place to just talk about what happened to me and talk about how I've been feeling and like being afraid. That's kind of where the dramatic thing came from. Being, I've been afraid that me saying that I was scared about retaliation would be perceived as dramatic. And that's what my biggest issue has been. I mean, that's the first thing I thought about. I'm like, do I start escorting her to and from work every day? Like, do I, like, what can I do? to make you feel more safe at work. And then I'm like, why Why is that my responsibility? Like, yeah, you're my wife. but why? I mean, it is a nice thing to offer. But why should <laughs> I be responsible for carrying that burden? Like, you should, like... I, and I'm, it's not a burden. Like, I, if I Yeah, you're making that, me feel like a burden. <laughs> it's not a burden. Like, it would just be, like, a change up and, mm-hmm. like, an inconvenience. Clearly, like, it's clearly an inconvenience. But it's like, I'm fine with that for the sake of making sure that my queen is good, like, every day. But it's like, I shouldn't have to be, like, I shouldn't have to be responsible for making sure that you feel safe at work. Like, that should be your your employer's responsibility. Yeah. You know? But it's like, these are the things, these are the things that I'm wrestling with and brainstorming just to make sure that, like, you're good. Yeah. And it's not fair to you or me. Yeah, this guy, all he does is lose his job, and I have to live afraid. That's my job. Thanks, you douchebag, for further ruining my time. Yeah. So, yeah, if you could just think some positive thoughts for me, and, like, that would be great. Praise your things and some prayers. Yeah, thanks. Um, what time we got? Um... We have to breeze through everything else. Well, I was gonna say we can really just jump to Case Connect if you want. Okay. Because I don't really want to talk about being present right now. (laughs) Yeah, we can do that next week. So we're presently pushing back our present talk again. Um, So unpresent of us. Um. You have a topic that you want to talk about? Are you good? I honestly forgot my topic. Like when I was writing on the board, I realized, and I, I was 
thinking of it. I think we tackled some good stuff though. Oh, core constructs. Today. Um. So. I'm in a philosophy class as I spoke about last week, and you know we've been talking about a bit about some core constructs like free will, morality, um, life after death. Um, like, is there a difference between the mind and body and soul? Like those kind of things. So I'm really interested in like bouncing. Like we had a really good conversation today about like just our different perspectives and opinions on those kind of constructs. Um, so I really want to implore everyone to kind of like think about their purpose in life. Um, you know, oftentimes people ask us, like, you know, what are you doing with your life? And we'll say, like, you know, I'm a doctor, or I'm a lawyer, or I am a uh, esthetician, like what have you. But... You know, when I ask that question, I'm not asking about, like, occupation or the many hats that you wear. I'm asking, like, what are you doing with your life? Like, the life that you have, like, what are you doing with it? Not what are you doing in your life? What are you doing with your life? So uh, I really encourage you, for my topic, for Box's topic, like, I encourage everyone to just, like, evaluate that core construct of, like, what you feel your meaning in life is. And um, I feel like once we get that, once we think more about that and we get a solid understanding of like what some of the things that keep us going are, it makes having conversations about like ideation, depression, vulnerability, like it makes those things a bit easier. Um, that's kind of interesting because in one of my classes that, uh, which class is it? Oh, shoot. Especially you are like super beautiful. Thank you. Well, I just kind of spilled the beans that I'm in school. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. That looks like a spinacious topic. Okay, I'm in school. <laughs> well, um... Wait, hold on. <clears throat> what are you going to do? I thought you were going to cut it out for me. <laughs> you want me to cut No, maybe that's a sign I need to quit. No, I mean, like, what reason... Wait, can you say it again real quick? What? What you just said. <laughs> I'm in school. <laughs> Oh, thank you guys. I feel like I'm on a talk show now with the audience. Thank you, guys. Oh my gosh, this is too much. Thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm in school. I don't know why I didn't want to talk about that. Do you know, you have any idea why? Um, because it was still something new. It was something that you were unsure if you should be proud of. Okay. Which I didn't understand. Um, it was something that you were still nervous about. Yeah. Um, you wanted to make sure that it was something that you actually wanted to do before you tell people about it and then realize it's not what you want. Um, well, if I change my mind, people, just forget I said it. But yeah. <laughs> Vanessa is going to have a master's degree. Yeah. Well, okay. whatever. In one of my classes, um, we were talking about, like, fundamental like values and um one of the questions we discussed was like basically like the oh gosh I don't know how to word it but it was basically about those core constructs that you were talking about and just like how um 
what is a meaningful life and stuff like that. Like, it was just those mm-hmm. kind of questions. So I think that you're right, that everybody should kind of deal with those questions and, like, see how they, how we kind of talked about with, like, measuring success, like, see how we measure certain things in our life. Like, yeah. what it means to us and not what society tells us it should mean. Yeah. Um. Okay. We can, my topic was my situation that happened. So, I just have a quote. Oh, my gosh. I love... Okay, I found it. Um, By Malala. And it's, I want every girl to know that her voice can change the world. And she's one of the most impactful and influential girls, women in the world. Um, And she's, like, fought for women, for equality and education for girls. So, I think that... You know, it just inspires you to want to create opportunities for the girls that are growing up now. And um, instead of me sitting in silence and being like, okay, like I'm going to process and deal with this on my own, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it until I'm tired of talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I want every girl to know that her voice can change the world. I like that. Thank you. That's very very meaningful and well thought out. Um, Let's see, I'll give a quote. This is a quote from Khalil Gilbrin. Um, I think he's a really brilliant writer. This quote says, Out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. Absolutely. Now that is a word. You understand that everything that we go through has purpose in creating a better person. Like you know, it's going to make us stronger. There's really truth to the "what doesn't kill you make you stronger" kind of thing. So and it's just going to make like when wherever you get in your life is going to make it more beautiful. Mm-hmm. The scars that got you to this place. There is method behind the madness. There is a reason behind the scars. Like it may not be clear to us right now. Uh, it may be difficult to even gauge why it's happening, but just know you're all good. And when you make it through, I'm going to be right there on the other hand, <laughs> on the other side of the door, with something in my hand. Oh, God. Blinked to perfection. Well, thank you. And I'll be there with you. Thank you guys so much for listening and letting me, uh, letting me disclose that to you guys and thank you again for sharing that was very courageous and I'm gonna kiss you right now I don't care thank you for your consent right there. I hope that was okay. Oh, it's cool. You always have my consent. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Even to uh, have your consent to get a motorcycle. Thank you guys for <laughs> listening. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Spinzo, S-P-I-N-Z-Z-Z-O. And follow the podcast at Case Rotation. C-A-S-E-R-O-T-A-T-I-O-N. <laughs> And then you can follow me at Box Jetson, B-O-X-X-J-E-T-S-O-N. Uh, once again, that's two X's because one is not enough and three is too nasty. Tweet us, talk to us. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. Bye.
Oh yeah.